Good morning and welcome to Chamber Files, the podcast brought to you by the Downtown Chamber of Commerce. Sounds like the X-Files, but the truth is not out there. The truth is in here. Unlike Hogwarts, we are not the Chamber of Secrets because we have this podcast to educate and entertain you about our Chamber members. And today we have a special guest. We have Blake Crow. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And you are with Ide Bailey. Correct. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your firm? We know they're a great Chamber supporter. You guys sponsor Leap as well as the Downtown Council. Uh, one of our events uh, at the downtown chamber that brings a lot of people, uh, lets them know about what's happening here in Des Moines. Uh, tell me a little bit about Billy. Yeah, so we are a regional public accounting firm. So we currently have 44 offices in 15 states, predominantly on the western half of the country. So when most people think about public accounting firms, they think of your traditional audit and tax services. And while that is certainly probably the bulk of what we do, uh, we also do a lot of things that people are less familiar with or don't necessarily think of when they think of accounting firms. Tech consulting, software implementation, cybersecurity. Uh, we just acquired a data analytics firm, which is really, really cool. So, yeah, we always say 60% of our, our of our work we strive to be, again, our core tax and audit work. But the other 40% is just an ever-expanding thing. A role of services to help our small and medium-sized business clients. All right, Blake. How long have you been with that, Billy? I've been with the firm coming up on 12 years, but I've been in Des Moines here all of a month now. So Okay. Did you just wake up in the morning one day and decided this accounting life was the life for you? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I actually, I was in, uh, I was in my undergrad going for my bachelor's. I was pre-law, didn't really care what my degree was going to be in. Uh, and in one of my business law classes, uh, the professor told me, hey, you should you should be an accounting major because my roommate in law school was an accounting major uh, and it made law school a lot easier for him. And I said, well, I don't really care what I major in. So that sounds fine for me. So switched my major, was going along with accounting, still planning to go to law school. And then as I progressed in my in my undergrad, I started researching education, you know, law school and, and careers. Uh, and learned that right out of college, an accountant made the same uh, as the new attorney did right out of law school, but with three less years of school and about a hundred grand less in student debt. So I decided I was going to become an accountant. It sounds like a very accountant decision to yeah, make. Yeah, exactly. Very, very logical. Very logical. <laughs> now, uh, myth or fact, accountants don't know how to have a good time. Uh, I would say that's a huge myth. I think that's one of the huge uh, misconceptions or stereotypes that I'm constantly trying to break. So. Good. And so uh, now, you know, I'm a small business owner now, but this is more of a question for other people who just, you know, have regular jobs, just get a paycheck. And the only time they think of an accounting firm is tax season, right? That's mm -hmm. when the only time they even realize they need an accountant in some will just not even have an account, just go to the closest place that prepares their taxes. But is there some things accounts, accountants can do or accounting firms do that help people with finances outside of just tax season? What's, are you just a box to check? What's happening here? Yeah, so I think that that probably, you know, is a good foray into one of our fastest growing areas right now, which is what we call business outsourcing services. And so essentially what that is, is where a small business 
you know, instead of having to keep their own books, do all that stuff, we will essentially outsource the entire back end of a small business into, into a staff we have specialized in that. And so I always use like my wife's aunt and uncle are my favorite example. They're clients of mine. They own a jewelry store in Denver. Phenomenal salespeople, love jewelry. Uh, terrible bookkeepers, terrible accounts, right? They right. and so they they do way better off there and uh, you know have a lot more success when they just have now outsourced that entire backroom backend operation to us. So all year long, we're keeping the books, we're looking at the financials, we're doing payroll, we're checking the ratios for them, uh, and that allows them as 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 I always talk about with them, it allows them to be out on the floor selling jewelry, doing what they do best, and, and making more money. And so that's really where, you know, when you talk, think about a year-round process, not just to check the box at the end of the year where we can add a lot of value. Okay. Well, I'm just going to give you some things that I looked up. It says, and the number of words in Atlas Shrugged is 645,000. The Bible has roughly 700,000 words. The federal tax code has 3.7 million words <laughs> compared to 1913 when it had 400 pages and about 70,000 pages in 2010. So as a quick question, is the tax code becoming more and more complicated where a person would not even be able to understand it? And why is the tax code getting so complicated? Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely getting more complicated. I mean, last year with tax reform, kind of the big tagline everywhere was simplification. And, and as an accountant, we just kind of you know, tongue in cheek smirk at that because it's it's way more complicated than it's ever been. So, you know, I think for your standard person, maybe if you're just an employee, a W-2, you own a house, you have a couple kids, you know, in reality, technology is getting stronger. So th those types of people probably can still handle, um, you know, their own tax filings, utilizing softwares and stuff. But, you know, you don't have to get into a very complex, even the most small business now, the complexity of just complying with all the new rules and laws really is going to is going to require some professional expertise that you're most likely not going to have. And as far as why it's getting more complicated, um I don't know. I I if I knew that answer, I'd probably be a lot a lot wealthier person than I am, but it's it's good job security in the meantime. Is it hard to keep up though? Oh yeah, we spend an immense amount of time and resources on training and education. You know, a huge chunk of, of time that we spend, you know, on any given time period is spent just trying to learn and, and kind of master our skill. Very cool. Now, now talk to me about you and Des Moines. We are the downtown chamber. Uh, you guys obviously are a big supporter of ours. Uh, are you from Des Moines? Are you a transplant? Yeah, so I'm a fresh transplant. I'm originally from southwest Minnesota, a small town, Wyndham, Minnesota. Started, started, did my undergrad in Mankato, Minnesota, started with the firm there, subsequently moved after about five years to our Sioux Falls office. And, and like I said, about a month ago, moved to Des Moines. So this is my third office. So I am, uh, I'm a new transplant here, uh, kind of following in the footsteps of the firm. We acquired an office here about two years ago. So the firm as well is fairly new to the, to the Des Moines right. community. And what, what's your favorite thing to do in Des Moines? Oh, uh, the farmer's market, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, when you, when you move three times in 12 years for your career, it's always the biggest challenge is always getting your spouse on board. And and so when, when you go through that process, you always do visits to the cities and try to get a feel for them and, and basically try to sell my wife that we should do this move. And one of the things that we luckily had the chance to do on our visit was do the Saturday morning downtown farmer's market. And I think to us, it really just embodied 
everything that Des Moines is, uh, and really, you know, was uh, I loved it, you know, hand, right away. And my it was probably one thing that sold my wife to get her over the hump to agree to come here because it's just an awesome reflection of the city. Very cool. Now I got a little fun fact for you here. Uh, in 1691, England taxed the numbers of windows on houses, so all houses after that started to be built with no windows or very few windows. And they repealed that tax in 1851, so quite a long time later, when people started to get sick from the lack of ventilation. So with that fun fact in mind, do you have any knowledge of any just absurd taxes that people pay for that you feel shouldn't be the case? Well, I think the way that we arrive at uh, at most of the taxes these days seems a bit absurd. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, gosh, I'm trying to think. Nothing nothing uh, that I can think of offhand that, uh, that probably is quite as absurd as taxing the number of windows and houses. But, yeah, when you get into the nuances, especially in some of the, the local taxes, state and local taxes, it does get a little wonky like that. Cool. So do you have... Uh... I'm assuming you love what you do. You have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. If you could pick any other profession in the world, what would it be? I've always said that if I could do anything else, I'd be a college professor. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of embodies some of the aspects of my job that I love the most. I love the constant learning, um, you know, getting in front of people, talking, um, teaching people, helping to guide, you know, our young staff. And I think that you know, being a professor really embodies all that. Plus, uh, you know, take a few months off in the summer. So There you go. That's perfect. Now, if I had to ask you top three tips for anyone from an accountant such as yourself, uh, be it personal, business, what would you think would be the most important things people need to know? Well, I think first and foremost, and this seems like a shameless plug, but I, I honestly believe in it, um, is is to have you know somebody that you trust and rely to rely on have a you know a a strong relationship and to your earlier point to visit more than just once a year you know just having that open constant communication is going to you know help people see challenges coming down the road before they might otherwise experience them Um, and most importantly you know tax reform was probably one of the things where i really got to solidify the concept of people of opportunity cost a lot of people probably missed out on benefits through tax reform and they'll never know the difference because they didn't reach out and have those conversations. But the people that did have those conversations uh, and, and went through that proactive planning process um, really were able to probably reap some really, really big benefits. And so um, just being proactive and staying in touch and having a relationship you can rely on, I think are just the foundation to, to you know, most any success, including accounting. So Very cool. And uh, as far as... Uh... Uh, just business owners, small business owners, the downtown chamber represents a lot of local businesses here in the downtown area. What's a piece of advice since they'd be listening to the podcast you'd like to give them? You know, I think that a piece of advice for small businesses is one, is to eval- one, evaluate what it is that you do. You know, I talked about business outsourcing services. Some people look at it and maybe they have a little bit of sticker shock. Um, but when we sit down and run through the numbers and say, okay, how much more sales could you do if you weren't doing your bookkeeping every night? Um, you know, how much better, how much more would you enjoy what you're doing if you weren't doing the things that you have to do as a business owner that you don't enjoy? And, and what's the benefit of those? So that would be, that would be one. And, and the other would be to just um, take direct time every once in a while, maybe once a year and really evaluate things. Are you in the right 
um, structure of an entity? Does it still make sense? Have you outgrown it? Um, you know, what's your strategic plan? What's your exit plan? And are all those things aligned so that, you know, when you get to the end of the road, whatever that may be, maybe your goal is to sell your business someday. Maybe your goal is to transition your business to your kids. Um, but none of those things happen a hundred percent efficiently just on accident. And they all take kind of proactive thinking and planning and just setting aside time to, to evaluate those things and pull in your team of advisors, you know, whether that be accountants, attorneys, you know, your insurance folks, everybody have that team approach and look at those things so that, you know, you're intentionally getting to the goal you want to achieve. Okay. So rule of thumb outside of, if you wanted to do it the right way and get the max benefits out of it, uh, outside of just visiting your accountant for tax season, how often should you keep in touch? You know, it really just depends on what you have going on. I have I have clients that call weekly. Um, I have I have certain yeah I have clients that I talk to on a weekly basis. Um, just checking in. We have irons in the fire. Think see how things are going. Um, you know, I would say quarterly at a minimum. Monthly is probably you know pretty good. Nice. Okay, now I'm assuming you have some hobbies outside of accounting, right? Yeah, I try to. All right, let's let's talk about you in personal life. What do you do in your off time when you're not making people a bunch of money? Yeah, so so we moved to Des Moines. I'm taking on a new role with the firm. Uh, we're in a new town. My wife is at home for the first time with my two year old, and we're expecting again. So you know, we don't have very much. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So we don't have very much going on right now. So I thought, you know, <laughs> what would be great to add on top of all of this is to train for the Des Moines Half Marathon to really get ingrained in the city. So we joined the Y right when we moved to town. Right now, most of my free time, which isn't a lot, is spent uh, with a, a, a half marathon training group uh, at the with the YMCA in town. So, and when is the half marathon? October twentieth. Oh, how do you feel? Are you ready? Well, October twentieth. The reason I can always remember that date is it's ten days before my wife's due date. So there's, you know, it's it's up in the air whether I actually end up <laughs> running or not. Um, but I feel good. You know, it's amazing. It's fun. We meet downtown early every Saturday morning and go on group runs, and it's been a really cool way to get to, you know, learn the the city. We run, you know, uh, Gray's Lake and Waterworks Park and all around downtown and up and around the Capitol, and it's just a you know, you get a nice, brisk, cool Saturday morning and beautiful weather, and it's just an awesome way to experience and learn the town. So I've really been enjoying it. And you get to meet cool new people, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. It's kind of funny. The group consists, I'm the only male in the group, and so it's kind of funny. It's it's predominantly me and a bunch of moms, um, so I somehow ended up in a mom's running group, but it's kind of funny. They, they've, they've, <laughs> in, they've taken me in and embraced me, there so it, it's kind of fun. So they, they post, like, they have a Facebook page and stuff, and they post pictures after every run, and they're like, oh, great job, ladies and Blake. Like, every, every week, that's the, they have to put that on there. So. so were you a runner before, or is this something that's new for you? Off and on. I've done, I've done two half marathons in the past so i i'll do i usually i'll sign up for a race and that'll get me committed and then i'll run and train for it and then i'll say like why did i do that that was miserable and then i'll take six or nine months off and then i'll get the itch and do it again so Perfect. not very good at consistency but i keep coming back to it well blake it's been a pleasure having you on man we loved hearing about uh i'd bailey what you guys do uh good good advice for us uh to you know visit the accountant more often uh, we also now know that it is a myth accountants do party. And uh, we really want to thank you and your firm for the support of the downtown chamber, especially sponsoring our events. And we're so glad to have you on here. 
The Des Moines Chamber podcast, The Chamber Files, is recorded at the Des Moines Radio Group Studios. This is a great location, conveniently located across the Sculpture Garden on Locust Avenue. Uh, you can use this space to record your own podcast. You get a studio, uh, amazing producers that will help you get your podcast put together. If you'd like to use this place to record a podcast or something else, please contact Michael Hope. Um, you know, this is an amazing place. I can't say enough good things about the Des Moines Radio Group and how wonderful they've been for the Chamber Podcast. So give them a call. Hey.